Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience, where we really, really want to spread love, love and light and friendship and fun and all kinds of good things. So um, I would like to welcome my guest today, Eric. (laughs) Hey, good afternoon, Susan. Good afternoon. I, I didn't know I was your guest, but uh, happy, no. happy to be here every week, of course. You know, it's it's always good to spring something on you now and then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> keep it lively, you know. Keep it, uh, keep sure. it fun. Well, we do have well, fun, you know, uh, conversing each week, so happy to do that. We do. We do really have fun, even on serious things. That's and, right. You know, this... You know, you keep thinking, we're going to have a week with real calm. We've got to. Someday it's going to happen, you know. But not in 2020. Not for four years. It's yeah. starting to become a habit. You know? we've, uh, we've had very little calm. And, um, you know, it's not all. I'm, this is, here's the good news. Do you want to hear the good news? Yes. Give it to me straight. I, I found something we can't blame Trump for. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> no, uh, the forest fires, uh, that's seriously all through the West, um, in the Western part of the United States. There's over 200 fires burning as we speak. Right. And uh, I think they said 24 dead now. Uh, yeah. There was just a whole bunch of people found dead in California. Um, you know, the, this is, uh, this is, these are very serious fires. Yep. Uh, I, I know when my friend, um, we, we talked last week about, uh, my friend, Laura Lee, uh, waters in Cal in, uh, Colorado, uh, who, uh, was, I was talking about her, her, uh, nephew dying and he did, uh, he did I'm pass. Yeah. Very young and, um, really nice spirit. Um, but uh, she flew back back east for the uh, memorial very quickly, uh, you know, like one of those turnaround things. You know, you fly out one day, have the funeral the next, and fly back, you know, that night. So um, the the flight attendant said, welcome to the land of, of snow and fire. <laughs> you know, because that sounds like a Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, it's the land of snow and fire. <laughs> Welcome to the land of the ice and snow. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, it, it, but think about that. You know, forest fires are are going. She, one thing, Laura Lee said she went out uh, to get get her coffee and all, and you know, trying to get people to wear masks has been like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. But the forest fires—they were all wearing masks, you know, because they I guess there's the silver there. lining. Yeah, you know, you have to see it to believe it. Smoke, you know, yeah. that'll do it. So a forest fire, and then it snowed, and and my daughter Heather is up there, and she's uh. She's going, I cried like a baby. I'm so cold. I don't like it. <laughs> Colorado always has uh, interesting weather. They tend to pack all four seasons into a weekend. <laughs> into one day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because of the altitude. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's uh, cranked that up quite a bit. 
well, there was a 36 degree drop in temperature. Wow. <laughs> and I had, now I had a 36, de- well, 37 degree drop in temperature because I left here at 113 and arrived in, in Seattle at 76. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a, that's a, um, a de- definite culture shock, you know, to have the temperature drop. But at least I moved to where the weather, weather right. was cool, right. you know. But if you're standing still and you have a 36-degree drop, it's Sure, like, and there there was, you know, some gradual uh, temperature change along the way, I'm sure. Yeah, well, not to, <laughs> well, we used to call them in Texas. Well, back down in Texas, we called them Blue Northers. And literally... It would push the, it would like suddenly get warmer. Mm-hmm. It would like push the warm air in front and then boom, it would get cold. It would drop suddenly and that was called a blue norther. And uh, it it was, uh, yeah, it was cold. We, we went from having, wow, warm, balmy day to, you know, freezing. Uh, so we blamed the north for everything in Texas. So it's, <laughs> I don't know. Just an old, an old way of doing things. Don't laugh at that. It would hurt you if you laughed at that. Okay, so um, the weather aside, <laughs> we um, we actually are are going to experience a La Nina year here in uh, Arizona for the winter. Uh, we're going to have a drier and uh, uh, warmer winter than usual. Hmm. So I'm actually kind of looking for, forward to that. I actually have the AC off today. We're supposed to have a high of 90. Well, it's going to go back up tomorrow, but it's it's kind of nice, you know. I had the door open, you know, yay, fresh air, you know. Yeah. So that was pleasant. It, it looks like we may have some showers in the forecast for next week. And I, I was thinking, boy, it, for the summer, I'm not in typically rooting for showers, but I can't wait for those to uh, kind of clear out our air here um, with the uh, the forest fire smoke that we've got, uh, you know, uh. kind of just making everything very unhealthy for everybody here in the Puget Sound, unfortunately. Um so, you know, sometimes it, when you go without something for a while, you, you kind of miss it. Yeah, like rain. Yeah, like uh, rain yeah. or those cooler days. So Those cooler days, yeah, they're very nice. We, we need balance. Balance is a good thing. We haven't had much balance. Um, you know, fair and balanced reporting, for instance, uh, is, is reporting some very strange things. But we'll get to that later. We're going to talk about uh, uh, the fearless leader and... Um, Bob Woodward. Uh, wow. Interesting, interesting book. Uh, and we're going to discuss that. But I wanted to I wanted to scotch a rumor really quickly. If uh, if any of you in the listening audience uh, believes there's such a thing as QAnon, uh, dial back to one of my shows. About, I don't know, about four weeks ago, I talked about QAnon. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember, Eric, but, you know, about the fact that that was a character in a Star Trek, Q. Sure. And then they finally settled on the name QAnon because that seemed to get people the most. They liked that the best. Uh, so there is a fictitious uh, Internet character called QAnon. A woman actually got elected in Georgia. 
running on the belief that QAnon is real. You know, there's there's this thing that people like to be in on the know, you know, like, you know, everybody doesn't know this, but I know it, right. uh, you know, like QAnon. So now QAnon has been uh, uh, reporting on Internet that uh, Antifa organizers, uh, folks, please understand, there is no QAnon, that's fake, and there's no Antifa organization. There are people that are anti-fascist, but there's no organization called Antifa. All right. Both stories are false. And this report, they're 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 flooding 911 in Oregon, uh, saying that QAnon said that they'd arrested Antifa uh, uh, characters for starting a fire, the forest fires. No, that has not happened. There has not been anybody arrested. They haven't done it. There will be an investigation on the fire, of course. They always investigate the fires. But uh, there is so much on the uh, Internet now. I think there's something like 120 organizations that uh, right-wing that are, are, are just fueling uh, these, these stories and these rumors to the place that it's – the insane has become the reality. Right. And I don't know, I, what do you do about that? How do you talk people out of their insanity? That's a good question, uh, because if we could do that, uh, you know, things might be a little bit easier. A little, a little better. Less. Yeah, a little less crazy. But, uh, yeah, you are right that uh, this fake story is going around um, in Oregon. And so, like, uh, I just saw a post from the Douglas County uh, Sheriff's Department in Mm -hmm. Oregon. They're saying, please stop these stories and stop spreading these rumors, these unfounded rumors, because the 911 dispatchers have their hands full dealing with actual emergencies. Um, So, yeah, uh, people need to check their sources and... uh, Oh, silly. You. (laughs) Sources? I'm on the internet. Yes. (laughs) I don't check sources. I mean, I'll get these things that I look at and I'm like, that sounds a little odd. Why don't I check Snopes? I had someone tell me, well, Snopes is all left wing. No, it's not. You know, a fact check. A fact check is left wing. No, it's not. I looked it up. It's rated center. If it's if you left. believe in the concept of alternative facts, though, oh, then yeah, and and if you're right leaning and you believe that it's acceptable to have alternative facts, meaning just believing in lies because that suits your uh, political viewpoint, then I guess reality or the facts is going to be left leaning, no matter how you know <laughs> how you look at it, just because you want to believe stuff that's not true just because it suits your viewpoint. It suits your viewpoint and it makes you feel secure. I, I'm, I've tried to figure it out. I mean, I seriously have, I haven't just, you know, just thrown it up. Oh, all these people are crazy. No, what motivates them and what is it? What is it that they get uh, out of this? 
um, I'm tr- I try to understand it because, you know, some people that I know, very nice people, and yet they will not move off of this. Right. And, I, and I'm wondering, what is it that motivates them? Well, one of the things I've discovered, there seems to be a lack of empathy. Hmm. That seems to be fairly consistent. If I haven't experienced it or something just like it myself, I can't relate to it. So that's a problem. If, if you're unable to relate to something simply because you have not experienced it, it's, it's a real problem. Um, well, I, I think with the, like the QAnon thing and the conspiracy theories, often they're, they're, uh, the people behind that are exploiting people's empathy, though. Um, I, I think a lot of well, these folks fear. that believe that. Yeah, well, they have fear, but they also uh, believe that they're helping. You know what I mean? They they think they have the inside scoop, the real facts on how like children are being exploited and stuff. Um, and right, of right. course, there's children being exploited, but it's not by the people that this person putting out the conspiracy <laughs> theory is yeah, talking Tom about. Hanks yes, is not a pedophile. Right, right. Um, so. You know, but they feel like they're 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 helping. You know, they they've got the real facts that other folks don't have. So their their empathy really, in a way, is being exploited to get them to believe stuff that isn't true. Um. Yeah. And I'm. I don't know if I would call it empathy, but, but might as well. Uh, well, I. But also, in in some cases, when it's like you know, just like straight up right-wing stuff like, you know, the Republicans not funding uh, another relief bill, um, you know, just because they're fine, because they're wealthy. They're fine. Yeah. I don't see any problem. Do you see any problem? In that case, it is a lack of empathy. So I think it it goes both ways. Sometimes empathy is being exploited. Sometimes it's just a lack of empathy to begin with, you know. Yeah, um, and and I look at this. I've been watching the last couple of days. You know, sometimes with the news, I have to watch uh, YouTube videos on little kittens and puppies to <laughs> to, to feel good again. Um, but I I ran into I ran into a uh, Don Vesic. You were Vasic. I'm gosh, I'm murdering his name. Uh, Don Vasic. We've had him on the show before. Uh, he's up in Colorado, and he. Uh, he did the uh, massacre at um, massacre at uh, Soap Creek. Doc- Are you talking about a documentary? That yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and um, very interesting. And he sent this. He said it was on uh, email, so I just went ahead and and wrote it down because I thought it was a really good way at looking at race relations. Like I said, I've been. Uh, you know, watching YouTube and seeing uh, John Cajonas, you know, and what would you do? You know, I I always love to watch that on TV. So I've been, I've been watching some of them. What would you do if, a, you know, a guy's getting his hair cut and his girlfriend comes in? It's a black hair salon and she's white. And, you know, the, of course, there's a, the 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 uh, hairdresser is a, a an actress, you know, and so is the so is the girl. You know, they're setting it up. And, you know, she's saying, well, white girls shouldn't be in here and blah, blah, blah. What are you doing dating a white girl? And, and 
people stood up and said, don't talk like that. That's not right. You know, they they were doing it. They then they tried the same thing in a, in, you know, in the South in Alabama, you know, a black girl coming into, you know, the, the, where the white girl was, you know, and, uh, you know, that was all white. And, and they did the same thing and pe- people reacted the, the same way. Don't talk like that. That's that's racism. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was very good to see, you know, in Harlem and in, in Alabama. And you, you had this you had people standing up for what what was right now. And it made me feel really good, you know, because uh, somebody I liked very much uh, was saying to me, well, you know, if uh, black people did so and so and such and such, you know, and I'm like, okay, okay. I didn't want to get into an argument, you know, I didn't want to fight about it. But I realized that there's something in between fighting and talking about things and saying, well, on what do you base that, that somebody else should do? Right. And that's what I'm, that's one of the things I want to look at. Do I do that? Do I, do I say, well, if they only did so-and-so, they would be okay. Right. You know, well, it's not, I mean, we have to do what strikes us as right. So this, this little thing was, I'm just going to read it because it's uh, easier to, to read it than to tell it. Uh, so last Friday night, I was standing outside of a barbershop in Cincinnati, Ohio, with a small group of mostly black men, when this officer walked over to a group of us. He looked around curiously and said, I don't see a car blocking an intersection. While shaking his head, I asked him what he was talking about. He said someone had called and reported that we had a car blocking the intersection. He paused for a minute and shook his head again. In that moment, we both nodded and acknowledged what had just happened. Someone basically saw our group and made a false report. I asked him how long he had been on the job, and he said 10 months. He asked what we were doing at the barbershop, and so I told him about the barbershop challenge, Men of Courage, and Ford Fund uh, has, uh, the Ford Fund has uh, sponsored. I asked if he wanted to come inside. He said he wanted to, but uh, he didn't want to spoil the fun with his presence. Again, we both nodded and acknowledged the reality of distrust between the community and police officers. I offered to take him inside so he could meet the owners and establish a relationship. I told him that someone has to take the first step to healing these relationships. He told me it would be cool. Um, No, he said he wanted to, but he was unsure of what the reaction would be. I told him it would be cool and that Jerome Bettis and a host of other amazing people were inside. He lit up like a light bulb and said, no way, the bus is in there? with a kid-like smile. I said, hold on, I'll grab him and have him come out. Jerome Bettis came out and the officer stood there with his mouth agape before saying, if my dad was still alive, he would be so excited because you were his favorite player. We all stopped and sat in the moment before they went on to take a selfie together. It was one of those moments that reminded me of our humanness our frailties and our similarities. And that moment, we were all just men navigating the world without the mask we were taught and trained to wear. I could have taken offense to the call out on the officer and accused him of being a racist cop. 
He could have believed the caller had acted based on stereotypes about black men in groups. But we chose to see each other and talk like humans. It's ultimately a decision we can all make. When he lit up like a kid at seeing his dad's sports hero, I saw a little boy and the uniform no longer mattered. We can collectively choose to see beyond the uniforms we all wear. It's not easy, and there's a lot of work to be done. But if we can at least start seeing each other, I believe things will get better. So the person who wrote this is named Shaka Sengor. And I'd like to thank him for putting it out. He put it on, on Facebook. And I think it's a... It's important to have these moments. Right. And this just for just for context, this was a year ago. Uh, I've looked this up because I, I remember reading this a while back. So I thought maybe this was apocryphal. Sometimes you see these stories on Facebook that are shared quite a bit. And they, you know, they're a nice story, but don't necessarily have a basis in reality. But it looks like in this case, uh, this actually happened Uh just a little over a year ago. Yes, and I realized that's before, you know, all the marches and da 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 but it's still valid. Yes. It's still valid because we're ultimately each a human being. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know um, a friend of mine posted something because she's, she's black and native, and she said something that... It was kind of hurtful. I felt being white, you know, the, the, to say, you know, something that was just very broad. White people, blah, 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 do such and such. I'm like, well, I'm a white people. Sure. And I don't do such and such, you know. <laughs> I mean, so I, I think that we need to dial it back a bit. People have to understand that there are communities that have been isolated and have uh, received more than they deserved in, in, in the wrong ways. We have to dial it back and recognize that, but we don't have to be beaten up for it. Right. And I think that those are things that we all, you know, all have the opportunity to, to change and to do something positive about, you know, it's very, very important. You know, it's uh, like the fires burning in California, Washington State, Oregon, Colorado. I mean, the whole West is on fire. I think there's some fires in Montana. I'm not sure if those, I think those are maybe out now. And I think there's some in Arizona still. So um, all those fires. And I read about a, a fire in uh, Greece. Um, it's an immigration camp. I think it, it's got... Ten times as many people there as there's room to have. Uh, it's very difficult. And it's, it seems like it, they said that the, the fire had been, uh, the fire started in three different places. It sounds like arson from that. But now people are running. Uh, the people in the, in the, uh, in the cities near, near this immigration camp are wanting to keep them from coming into their cities. Um, it's a bad situation. Uh, you know, no, people don't go to live in a place like this if where they came from was a good place to be, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So we have, it's not just in the United States. We have places in the rest of the world where, where things have, you know, things have to change. And we have to start coming to our humanness. I mean, the, the fact is we're all human beings. And some of us, uh, you know, operate uh, out of fear. I really think hatred is based on fear. If you didn't feel afraid, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be so filled with anger, you know. Isn't that what they say? You know, a, a, an animal backed into a corner, it's going to fight his way out. So that's that's I mean that's the way I see it anyway. And uh, I think that uh, we can we can look at this. Stop stop talking. There is no such organization as Antifa. Just. Just remember, these are people, some of them know each other, some of them don't, but they're against fascism. And and it is is a bad thing in Oregon to have uh, groups of people marching in, coming in in cars and shooting uh, bullets. You know, when I keep hearing about rubber bullets, when I was first told about rubber bullets, I actually thought that they were harmless. They are not. Rubber bullets are metal bullets covered with rubber. They can kill you. They can cause serious injury if they don't kill you. It's not like a snurf ball. It is. So rubber bullets saying it's a non-lethal weapon is not true. It isn't as quickly lethal, but you can get shot by a non, uh, non-rubber bullet. And be injured too, and not killed. Yeah, you can have permanent damage, and you know, yes, being (laughs) with our line being, you know, anything short of death is acceptable. I don't think is acceptable anymore. No, it's not acceptable because uh, there's a lot of things. You know, you can have injuries that that change your life forever. Absolutely. And uh, you cannot live the same way that you lived uh, previous to that. So, and we, we, the other thing too is, you know, there, there was a man recently killed in front of his three children and it's sitting in, in the backseat of the car and their father was shot in front of them, shot in the back, you know, six, seven times. I mean, the, the damage to those children, they say that children that witness violence are more heavily injured than anything else. But we never talk about the children. You know, in domestic violence situations, we don't talk about the children. We sh- we need to because children that witness that have a horrific impact on them that starts young and goes through their life, you know. And rarely do they get any, any help, any assistance in looking at things, uh, you know, what, well, what do I do about this? It, it's a difficult situation. Well, I want to uh, talk about Bob Woodward's new book. And uh, I also hope I can get, I can get uh, if we don't start rambling like we generally do, um, I, I want to talk about that. But uh, I would like to also mention a little bit about wolves. There is a, we have a little over 5,000 uh, gray wolves left in the West, and uh, the Trump administration is talking about taking them off the endangered list. If they do that, 
um, they, they won't last long. 50 years ago, they were almost decimated, and now they're just starting to struggle back. Uh, we don't want we don't want to lose our wolves. So, uh, something to think about. There's always something to think about. But um, if if we would keep things in balance, it would be a lot better for all of us. And um, politically, we have got to do that. We are going to take a short break, uh, very short, and uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about Bob Woodward's new book. I bet you uh, anything Eric has an opinion on that. I know I do. (laughs) (laughs) I know I do. So um, stay tuned to Susan Harmon Experience. From Susan Harmon's private collection, these rare finds are now available for purchase until the end of June 2020. Quartz crystals that are large generators, rare Antarctic crystals with only three available. Russian phenakite, just one amazing specimen left. Czech moldavite of medium-sized high-quality pieces and various spears. Check out the pictures at Susan Harmon's Facebook page or email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206. 206- 8535225 that's 2068535225 hi i'm dr shelly flace with today's tip for kids from the american academy of pediatrics the nicotine in e-cigarettes is addictive and can harm brain development that's why i worry about teens who try e-cigarettes many young people use pod-based e-cigarettes like juul which have high levels of nicotine and because teens brains are still developing they can quickly become addicted The tobacco industry uses fruit and candy flavors to attract young people, often turning them into lifelong users. For more, visit HealthyChildren.org. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed back Hirsch Wilson, the Zen firefighter, with his perspective about 9-11 and ways to combat PTSD during stressful times. On Saturday, Mickey Jacobs, psychic medium, returns with a wealth of experience, insights, and compassion to share. And yes, she will be taking your calls. Bringing you mastery and mystery one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering a 20% discount on a bi-locality session if booked by June 15, 2020. Social distancing? No problem. You receive the energy in one location while Susan uses stones and sound in the pyramid at another location. To book your session or to ask about a three-session special, email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206-853-5225. That's 206-853-5225. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. Welcome back to the Susan Harmon Experience. Susan Harmon speaking here. And uh, I, yeah, truly, life could use a little mercy now. Uh, that song just really affects me. Uh, thanks for playing it, Eric, because it uh, it's a good one. Yeah, Mercy Now from Mary Gaucher. I, I know. I mispronounced her name a couple weeks back <laughs> when we played that. Um, so I actually looked it up, and it's uh, pronounced Gaucher, but it's spelled like Gauthier, G A. U-T-H-I-E-R, but it's pronounced Gaucher because she's from Nolens. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's, it's the French, the French, the Francaise. So, uh, yeah, so 
Um, there's a new book out. Uh, boy, they've been coming fast and furious. Uh, Mr. Cohen wrote his book. Um, definitely personal knowledge. Bob Woodward um, is a journalist. Sure, legendary journalist. Legendary journalist. For those of you who are too young uh, to remember uh, Watergate, right? Uh, that was a pretty important thing. And um, you may have seen the movie. What was it? What was the the one about the all, Washington Post? All the President's Men. Oh, all the President's Men. But there was one just recently where they talked about uh, deciding whether they were going to. Uh, do the story or not originally the Washington Post anyway Bob sure. Woodward worked for the Washington Post it, uh, there was it might a, have just been called the Post the Post that's yeah. what it was 2017 it was. Yeah. yeah yeah 27 that was a good movie if you didn't see it they uh, Netflix Netflix <laughs> I did see that that was uh, yeah it was pretty good yeah, I thought it was great. And um, so um, what what I Tom uh, what Hanks I found and Meryl Streep. Tom Hanks yeah. and Meryl Streep. Well, has Meryl Streep ever made a bad movie? I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I haven't seen one. it if she has, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, excellent movie, uh, excellent um, cast. And uh, Bob Woodward did 18 interviews with uh, Donald Trump, uh, starting, was it last December, and uh, went uh, till July, and then, uh, and he would, and Donald Trump would call up uh, Woodward and and to talk to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was convinced that he would write this glowing a story about Donald and 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 how wonderful he was and and uh, so forth. Um, he was very disappointed in the book. I understand because well, yeah, because Bob Woodward is going to write a factual account. He's not going to make up some propaganda piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he definitely uh, did tell it, and it was all recorded, and they've released some of the recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, were, there were two parts of that that especially struck me. And, uh, and by the way, uh, on the rec- these interviews were on the record, recorded with the president's knowledge, and right. uh, you know, and the, and the president spoke freely. Um, and so there's there's no shenanigans. There's no uh, Bob Woodward is not doing anything. Yeah, there's no trickery. It's just straight up. These are the facts. Uh, these are recordings. An authorized recording of the president talking freely about his stance on things, including his response to the coronavirus, uh, where he admitted that uh, he, you know, likes to play it down. Yeah. February the 7th, uh, he admitted that, um, well, that the Chinese president was doing a really good job and uh, he had, uh, uh, you know, it said that it was, you know, through the air. You're not touching the things. You're just breathing the air. And, you know, explained it explained it thoroughly to Bob Woodward of how... Right. Uh, and said that this is much more deadly than even the most severe flu. Right. This is Trump's words. Uh, yeah. That it was more deadly than even the most severe flu. That this is something very serious. Uh, but... Uh, you know, of course, at the same time, publicly, 
he was saying that it wasn't serious, it was a hoax, it was going to go away as it got warm, all these things that contradicts what he said <laughs> to Bob Woodward. Which um, is, is very interesting. He Look, folks, you, you, two things I want to say. I want to say this about that. First, to say, well, if it was so important, why did he wait until he, he produced a book? Why didn't he tell it then? Because he was writing a book and he told the president that's what he was doing. Right. He is not the president of the United States. Bob Woodward. It, Bob Woodward. Yeah. Donald Trump is, for whatever reason, the right. president of the United States. Mm -hmm. So if Bob Woodward were to have come out and said, well, you know what, what Donald Trump told me was blah, 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 blah. It wouldn't have done any good then anyway. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have changed anything because the same people that are now saying, well, why didn't he come out and say, say something right then if it was done? He's just doing this for the book. No, he's telling the truth. Well, sure. And we've got the recordings, too. We've got at the, least the recordings. And, and even Trump himself doesn't deny that he said those things. Um, well, yeah, he can't because <laughs> they're on tape. So now they're trying to spin it as, well, he was trying to keep everybody calm. But you don't keep people you don't calm, keep people calm by, lying to by lying to them. You keep people calm by showing some leadership and saying, here's the things you can do to stay safe. Here's what we're doing to fight this thing. Don't worry. We are on your side. We've got this under control, that sort of thing. Not just wishful thinking, oh, this is going to go away, or a lot of people don't think that this is bad. We don't shut things down when we get the flu. All that stuff, uh, which is what he said in public, because he didn't want to see the economy retract at all, because that was the one selling point that he had. Um, so, yeah, just... <laughs> He he just does not have any kind of concept of what it means to be a leader. None whatsoever. Uh, the prime minister of New Zealand told her people, this is what we need to do. This is what the situation is. And guess what? It worked. Yes. People were calm. Nobody. You didn't see them jumping off the roof in New Zealand. No. No. But they weren't jumping off the roof. Kiwis are naturally calm people. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> they're from the same stock we are <laughs> true so um yeah the, you know most of us can handle truth better than a lie because we're like okay so this is the situation well let's see what do i do okay you know you you then you start looking for ways of dealing with it right and we could have had a national coordinated response Instead right. of a piecemeal thing uh, that was attacked over and over by the Trump and his administration, uh, the, right. the individual governors and individual mayors trying their best to, you know, take on the situation of the pandemic. Uh, and he was attacking them individually as they did that. He could have just worked and coordinated with them to have a national cohesive response so we could have got past this thing much sooner. Yeah. I, Instead, you know, we have over 200,000 people dead from it. 
Right. Well, it's, what are we at? A 193 now? Uh, Sometimes. Let me check what the latest is. Yeah. On September 11th, 2020, we are at. Yeah, we're at a 192. So I yeah. exaggerated the numbers there by accident, <laughs> just by <laughs> yeah. about 8,000. But by this time next week, we will most likely be over 200,000 deaths from coronavirus. And Fauci and said we're we're uh, climbing at, I, I don't remember if it was 40,000 a, a day or 50,000 days. So we need to be at 10,000 or less. Of cases. Not, of cases, yeah, not, not deaths. deaths. Right. Yeah. Not, yeah. I, we, uh, sorry about that because I kind of mixed the two together there for a moment. It, um, yeah. And, and, you know, and we, we, we look at deaths. You know, Texas, who didn't really do much to respond to this, has one of the highest death tolls at over 14,000. Right. Of course, it's a big state. Right. But, you know, they were saying uh, I, I heard a lot of commentators saying, well, look at Texas is doing it right. You know, New York and California are having these cases. Well, Texas, again, and especially compared to population, has one of the highest death rates in the country. Right. And um, there's still an insistence that there's that there's not a problem. Uh, I mean, I know the Sturgis things. They've they've tied some uh, some cases. I know there's a rumor out that says 250,000, and that's that's incorrect. That's way of cases tied to Sturgis. Um, see. Fair and balanced reporting. <laughs> sure, you're you're talking about the uh, the biker rally right, Sturgis right. that has become something of a spreader spreader event because there are right. a lot of cases actually that were tied to that right. event because nobody there was wearing masks, they weren't social distancing, um, and so there are a lot of cases being traced back to that, but not as many probably not as, as many as what were you thought. reported. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and so. So that's, you know, that's that's fair to say, wait a minute, the people on the left exaggerated this. Uh, wow. they, they extrapolated some things. Right. Right. OK. Not trying to cast aspersions or, you know, any of, of that sort of thing. But, um, uh, it, 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 you know, pay attention. So um, COVID, that was that has been this been his big downfall. Uh, because it also tanked our economy, which I feel the economy would have been better uh, if uh, we had done something at the beginning of this. We could have, you know, figured out how to do this. Uh, the the other thing with uh, with COVID and and uh, not just Trump, uh, of course, he has the Republican uh, controlled Senate, and the Republican controlled Senate. Is not going to uh, help anybody in this country uh, e- economically uh, before the election. They're just not going to do it. They're not, they're not going to do anything because in that last uh, money that went out, stimulus money that went out, it helped all their people, and they don't need anything else. They got everything they wanted first time around. Why should they do? Why should they go again? Just because people on unemployment. Uh, got the six hundred dollars. Uh, no longer getting that, and that—that's yeah, then like, well, six hundred dollars isn't very much. 
Well, it is. If you if you're trying to pay your rent, well, some of those people that own buildings aren't going to be getting their rent because they're the uh, people that are living in those apartments aren't getting their unemployment insurance. Right. And uh, they're not getting that extra help. Uh, you know, you know, everything has a consequence. Yeah, and that in turn will affect landlords as well because yeah. they won't be getting the rent from their tenants. And, uh, you know, there are some um, ev- eviction controls in place, but those are expiring in a lot of places. Yeah. So, so te- technically, landlords could evict those people. So then we have a, a more of a homeless problem. Um, but then, who's moving into those apartments? So, uh, you, no one. If you've evicted your tenants, you you've solved one problem. You got rid of people that were unable to pay the rent, but you haven't replaced them. Um, and no. and who's gonna take those <laughs> with if all these people are unemployed? So, you know, it, this uh, there's no it logic. doesn't trickle down. The economy no, over and over no. we've seen uh, economics don't trickle down; they trickle up. Yeah, it so never it's very has... short sighted not to help people at the bottom. No, it's it, it's foolish. Uh, we, we have a consumer economy, and if you don't uh, let people consume, then the economy goes its, uh, it goes its own way. So that's, uh, that's a very important thing to know. There's another thing that came out in Bob Woodward's book, and this has been the whole, uh, how do you pronounce his name, Khashoggi? Khashoggi? Yeah, Khashoggi. Khashoggi. Yep. The, uh, the journalist that was... Uh, executed by the Saudi Arabian government. Right. Um, he was tortured. Yep. Uh, his fingers were cut off while he was alive. And uh, they had brought the uh, bone saws uh, while his fiance, his Turkish fiance, sat outside in a car in front of the embassy. Yeah, this he is was the murdered Saudi Arabian in the embassy. embassy in Turkey. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he was an American journalist for the Washington Post, and Trump actually bragged to Woodward that he had protected the Saudi prince from being uh, uh, questioned, even or you know whatever, by by our uh, a Congress. I I I'm 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 just. It's it's sickening to me. It's absolutely sickening that he'd be more interested in helping a Saudi prince. Of course, there was that weapons deal. Uh, Yeah, a little thing like that weapons deal uh, where we got another country uh, with children dying of diphtheria and so forth because of the weapons deal with uh, the Saudis. Um, How can you brag about a murder of an American journalist and call journalists the enemy of the people. How can you be a veteran in the United States of America? I'm a peace activist, but I love my brothers and sisters that are in the military. I don't blame them for doing what they thought was right, even if I think it's wrong. 
but to call them losers and suckers and to say you did more than John McCain right. and and to protect a murderer of an American yeah. journalist. This is not what American presidents do. American presidents do not betray their country. They don't denigrate their citizens, even people they don't agree with. This is not how we do this. Right. I don't know how anyone can still, after hearing this, so be supportive. I, I, explain it to me. Would somebody please explain it to me? Silence. We're on radio. <laughs> I, I, as we've discussed many times on the show, I can't explain it. Um, I, I don't understand the thinking, uh, aside from the fact that they're getting, you know, misinformation. And a lot of them are also just plain racist and hateful. Uh, and some people are just greedy. And and so they let those, whichever one they are in those three categories, they let those things overshadow their morality. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it uh, it's very sad to me. And um, I'm hoping that we will have... Uh, Fair elections, clean elections. Um, you know, your mail-in ballot is a valid ballot. The state of Washington, the state of Oregon, the state of Colorado. These, and, and there's a couple more. Hawaii, I can't remember what the other one is. Um, have done mail-in ballots for years. That's right. They work just fine. They don't have. They don't. Yeah, I like going to the polls. I I really enjoy that. There's. I think there should be a national holiday. You know. I think all of this, but don't uh, try to scare people, and then don't tell your supporters. Well, go and vote twice. You're asking them to commit a felony. I just. Ah! You know. I don't understand this. I mean. I'm really seriously at a loss at how anyone can support this. Um, I understand different viewpoints and I can understand a, a lot of things that I don't agree with. But, wow, these are big things. You don't tell the, the, the country, well, listen, we've got a serious problem. This is a, a, an epidemic. Why would you tell a reporter then? Did you think that the book would come out later and, and paint you as a hero? Well, I didn't want to panic people. How is that? How is that real? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I kind of wanted to end on a happy note. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, this is the most important election. I've been voting a long time. I've been voting ever since the first time I could vote. I've been a 4-4. I vote in every election. Uh, even if it's like, well, this isn't as bad as the other, you know, that kind of a vote. Um, I still vote. And I, I participate in getting people to run for office. I've run for office myself. I would, I think that all of us need to say, well, if you don't have somebody that is good to run, then run yourself. There's some really good people out there running for office right now as we speak. I know that Paulette Jordan in Idaho 
she would make a fantastic senator, beautiful native woman. I mean, what more could you ask for? Someone who actually cares about her state and and the and the the climate and you know and all of this. We've got some really good people out there, really great people running. Um, Joe Biden, I, I saw him the other day, and he seemed he seemed like it, he 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 didn't have seem to have a problem talking at all. He was just fine. Everything he said made sense. Sure. And for you know, his son, you know, was in the military. I mean, this is. You know, to say these insulting things, if you're a veteran and you still are voting for Donald Trump, shame on you. You know, is that too harsh? Am I too harsh? <laughs> it's your show. It's your your opinions. <laughs> OK, well, I guess I'm, that means I'm really too harsh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what? I mean, that's that's coming from my heart. I was raised in the military. I'm a peace activist, right. but I was raised in the military. And um, my father died, you know, in the military. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I respect those people. I respect yeah. the people. You know, Alda's husband, Eddie, you know, he's a good man. You know, he he should be respected. He did what he thought was right. Right. Whether I agree with that or not is beside the point. He acted honorably. John McCain. I I don't think there's a policy I agreed with him on. (laughs) But I never thought he wasn't honorable. So I think it's important for all of us now to really, it is important to vote. I'm going to... I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this every week. Please vote. Get out there and vote. And vote for what is right. Think about what you want for the country. Be the America I believe in. Be the America that we're the shining city on the hill. That's who we are. We are full of anger and hatred. I honestly, I'm watching John Cajonas and I'm like, hey, we're not, that's not who we are. Well, we've come to the end of another Susan Harmon experience. And I want you to remember to do one thing while you're voting, whatever you're doing. And that, my friends, is to keep on dancing. <laughs>